0: You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to The Urban Shooter. On this episode, Scary Guns. Barb talks about the AK-47. Introducing GunUp.com. Zombie strike. And we get a jump on those things that go bump in the night. On your Favor Righteous Podcast. The Urban Shooter.
1: Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank God for an expert. The weekly pro-gun variety show featuring the internationally known black man with a gun. A friend and brother from a different mother. That's what I call a close encounter. Ken Blanchard.
0: Love it. This is a star. You're going to love it. It's a classic. <laughs> Hey, welcome to another fun feel, factual, and low-fat episode of The Urban Shooter. This is a listener-supported variety show for all law-abiding gun owners, airsoft, air gun, and paintball enthusiasts of the city. Hosted by me, your fun-loving author and activist, pastor of Patriots, Paladins, and Pistoleros, the former U.S. Marine, federal police officer, and firearms trainer, internationally known as the Black Man with a Gun. My name is Ken Blanchard. I'm your friend and brother from a different mother and I try to share interesting gun stuff, life lessons, and grassroots information with a little humor, guest interviews, commentary, and reviews. Oh, and an original narrated series about zombies. Only here on The Urban Shooter. Welcome back. If you've been a long-time listener and a family member, I really appreciate you and you know I do. If you're new, I kind of call this show The Urban Shooter because it lifts up people that shoot and live in or near a city or town. It's nothing to do with race or color. All are welcome on my show. You know, it's a little tougher to enjoy your freedom if you live in a city. So I try to keep it light because you might need a laugh to keep from crying. I've been an activist since 1991. I've lived in Brazil and England, and I've traveled to over 15 countries as a personal protection specialist. I've protected a U.S. president and some lesser-known big shots. I've lobbied the U.S. Congress. I've testified in the state legislatures of Virginia, Texas, South Carolina, Michigan, Maryland, and Wisconsin. I've worked as an independent consultant a few times. I've done commercials for TV against racist gun control laws and been featured in three documentaries. I've done a lot and got the debt to prove it. But Papa's got a brand new bag, and now... I actually ask for financial help for both my evangelism and the success of this show. It is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com and a handful of faithful friends called the Urban Shooter Association. And I love them both for it. You know, sometimes I'm like the single representative for the whole minority community in firearms, but I try to hold it down. So on my show, I'm representing Americans of color and no color. A few international listeners, the gay and the straight, those in the dark and those of the light, the X and the Y chromosome, and freedom-loving, hard-working, salt-of-the-earth people everywhere that don't fit into any other group. But they just fit fine with me. Welcome to Diversity. Welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Now don't keep me a secret, tell somebody you found me, and the water is just right. Been doing this thing since 2007. If you want to reach out to me, my toll-free number in the U.S. is 888-675-0202. And my email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Now, if you're ready like Freddy Krueger, let's get episode 188 started.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: All Now, I woke up this morning wanting to stay in bed. You ever get like that? And this time it wasn't necessarily a bad morning. I was just alive and busy in my thoughts. And after I thanked God for allowing me to wake up again, I decided to take this day as it was, no matter what. I've been pushing myself pretty hard, and the result has been frustration and irritability. You ever had a day like that? It's late now. I mean, it's like really late. I had a long day and had to do some after-job stuff and got through with that, and then the church called me while I was out, and now I'm back, and I got to put the show together, and it's late. I mean, it's like a full moon this week, and it's perfect for that whole Halloween theme thing, but... I'm beat, but because I love you, here's episode 188. You know, I'm going to pull back a little bit, though, after this week is over and let some things just fall back into place. That means even if that place is on the floor, then I'll just start cleaning up and either throwing stuff out, and then I'll sort it up sometime later and put it in some kind of order. The Internet has really opened our minds to multiple interests. You don't have to know anything. You can just Google it. And then after you scratch that itch, you can move on to the next thing. The problem for me, though, is that I'm taking on too many things. I'm a one man band, but now I'm trying to conduct an orchestra. This whole social media updating thing can be tedious, too. There's the Twitter updates, the Facebook status, the stumble upon, the Tumblr, the Picasso, the yada, yada, yada. It can get you. And it got me. I remember something I read a long time ago from uh, Steve Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think he called it sharpening the saw. And I had a brother remind me about that today. Covey used uh, the analogy of a woodcutter who was sawing for several days straight and became less and less productive. And the process of cutting dulls the blade. So the solution is to periodically sharpen the saw. And I just plum forgot about that. I felt overworked, frustrated, and that my productivity was starting to fall off. And my Facebook brothers told me to take a break. The fellows on the Gun Rights Radio Network said I should go ride a motorcycle or go to the range or even just go on vacation. However, that really isn't sharpening the saw. Not all of it anyway. That's just putting the saw down. I want to put down a dull blade for a while, rest a minute, and then pick it back up. So, sharpening the saw, according to Covey, is actually an activity which I can handle, just as the analogy suggests. So, to start off with, I'm going to start changing my exercise routine from non-existent to something. And I'm going to need to find me a seminar and attend a class or something to kind of get my mind off of the norm and put it on something else. Going to have to set some new goals and clean my office a little bit. Going to clear out some junk that I got in here and a bunch of tasks that are in my head. Kind of got me overwhelmed. And after I prioritize all these jokers, then I can... What the... A big freaking spider. Okay, let me get myself together here. Okay, for the record, I am not afraid of spiders. I think they are just wonderful. But there is a primal issue going on with me when they just appear out of nowhere in a place I don't think they should be, and they're as big as this one was. Good old wolf spider. That boy handles some crickets, man. Whew. Okay, I'm back. Fear. <laughs> we all have them. Doesn't have to be incapacitating, but still a fear. And we actually like being afraid sometimes. I ask my Facebook friends what scares them for this week's question of the week. Question of the week. Of the week. What are you afraid of? Rick said, apathy and ignorance. John said, drowning. Keith, failure. Alan said, not living a fulfilled life. What are you afraid of? Ben says, ladders and wasp. Ben said, no, this is Mike. Mike said, zombies. And then again, he wrote, I'm not worried about terrorism, but I am worried about what most people would do after an attack major enough to disrupt our systems for a week or so. How will my neighbors react to a shortage of food or water, with the power gas being out for a week? None of them are prepared. And that scares me, no joke. Frank says he's afraid of not of doing wrong by God. Miguel says he fears losing his vision and not reading ever again. He says he fears a government that ignores the will of the people and what They may do to keep ignoring them. He fears to death, accidentally hurting a child, and fear mobs because I have seen the horrors they can achieve. And above all, I fear what fear brings out in me. Man, that was really honest. Damien and Frank got into it for a minute, but it's all good now. And Miles said he fears missing a chance to do the right thing. John A. says he's afraid of leaving the world worse than he found it. And Neil says he's afraid that at at the end, he'll live his life devoid of meaning. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Believe it or not, some folks fear guns. And it's a learned response. Easily learned from tragedy, ignorance, or growing up too close to people, i.e., living in a big city, and blaming crime on a device instead of on the person. Let's talk about some scary guns. It's dark out, and you're home alone. The house is quiet other than the sound of the show you're watching on television. You see it and hear it in the same time. The front door is suddenly thrown up against the doorframe. Your breathing speeds up, your heart erases, your muscles tighten. A split-second later, you know it's the wind. No one is trying to get into your home. For a split-second, you are so afraid that you react as if your life were in danger, your body initiating the fight-or-flight response that is critical to any animal's survival. But really, there was no danger at all. What happened to cause such an intense reaction? What exactly is fear People fear what they do not understand. Some fear guns. Some fear assault weapons. Fear is real, whether it's perceived threat or not. Anti-gun people Use the fear of mechanical devices to change laws, to make money, to influence votes. Assault weapons. Pushing the fear of assault weapons is big business. Even though the words assault weapons conjure up rapid fire military machine guns, In fact, the weapons outlawed by assault weapon bans function in the same way as any semi-automatic and legal hunting rifle. They fire the same bullets at the same speed and produce the same damage. They are simply regular deer rifles that look on the outside like maybe an AK-47. The real evil are those who want to stop your freedom. The real evil is the ones that ban guns from the law-abiding. The real evil to fear is anyone who would deny you freedom of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness who will ban the use of firearms to protect your family. Politically, it's a nice time for an exorcism. In the state of Maryland, somebody took a page of the Gun Buyer's Digest and just wrote down 45 of the most scariest looking guns that they had and banned them from Maryland residents American Arms Spectre the Semi-Automatic Carbine is just a copy of an Italian subgun AK-47 in all forms even though 22's don't fit into that category Algemec AGM-1 Type Semi-Auto AR-10 Type Semi-Auto AR-18 Argentine LSR Semi-Auto It looks like a FN-FAL 308 Australian Automatic Arms SAR It's a 308 The Tommy Gun the Barrett Light 50 Cal semi-automatic. The Beretta AR-70. Any Bushmaster semi-automatic rifle. The Calico models. The 22 and the 9mm band in Maryland. CIS SR 88. The Claridge High Tech C9 carbine. Colt AR-15, Colt Car-15, and all imitations except the Colt AR-15 Sporter H-Bar Rifle, the Daewoo Max and the Max 2, the AR-111, the 110C, the K-1 and the K-2, the Dragunov Chinese-made semi-auto, the FAMAS, the FAMAS semi-auto, it's in 223 caliber, the Feather AT-9 Semi-Auto. The FN-LAR and the FN-FAL Assault Rifle. FNC, The FIE. Law and the spas 12 The Steyr Aug. The Galil Models AR and ARM. The Heckler & Co. HK-91, the A-3. The HK-93, the A-2. The HK-94 and A-2 and A-3 Holmes Model 88 shotgun. The Aftermat Kalashnikov semi-automatic rifle in any format is banned in Maryland. Manchester Arms Commando MK-45 and K-9. The Mandel TAC-1 semi-automatic carbine. The Mossberg Model 500 bullpup assault shotgun. Sterling Mark 6 pause carbine Ruger mini14 with a folding stock in 223 caliber is illegal in Maryland the SIG or the sig 550 and the 551 in the 223 the SKS with a detachable magazine is an assault weapon in Maryland the AP74 commando type semi-auto it's just a 22 long rifle it looks like a m16. It's banned in Maryland. The Springfield Armory BM-59, the SAR-48, the G3, the SAR-3, the M21 sniper rifle, the M1A, but it's excluding the M1 Garand. The Street Sweeper. The Striker 12 assault shotgun. The Unique F-11. The Daewoo USAS semi automatic shotgun and 12 gauge, Uzi 9mm carbine or rifle, the Valmet M76 and M78 semi-auto, Weaver Arms Nighthawk semi-automatic carbine, it's the Uzi looking one, and the Wilkinson Arms 9mm semi-automatic, known as the Terry. All of these have been banned in the state of Maryland as assault weapons. If you look at this list, and you went to gun up, for example. You'll find out that of the 45 things that were banned, they were just taken right off a list off of a book somewhere because they were misspelled the same way they are in the book. Also, there's extra digits and numbers on them that don't belong. AK-47 in all forms are banned but it is exactly the same type of firearm in several different names. Some of these weapons are so expensive, criminals would never own them. Never. They're never even imported into this country. And the Springfield Armory bm forty nine fifty nine is such a high-end rifle, but it works exactly like the M1 Garand. The Valmet M76 is a high end, it's very rare, and so few are even in the country. You can tell that this list was put together by somebody who just did it for cosmetic reasons. Nobody even tried to make this list on the basis that they were used in a crime. We need more accountability in our government, local and federal. We need honest dialogue that is really crime control and not gun control. Because legislation doesn't know what they're doing. If they do, then they really don't care about the truth. They're being deliberately dishonest and ignorant just to make a point, just to get your vote, just to keep people in the dark, just to keep up fear. For the complete list, Check out the show notes for episode 188 on the Urban Shooter podcast for the scary guns. Women's Outdoor News with Barbara Baird is up next.
1: Hey, Urban Shooter. This is Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News. My big fat pink I.O. ink. I can be a girly girl when I want to be one, but I still like to wear camo and hunt on the ground as opposed to tree stands and blinds. I like training at the pistol range, and sometimes I take out my trap gun and shoot a few rounds with the boys at the shooting club. But never would I have dreamed that I would be raving about, and I mean mad about, an AK-47. I have Frank Panaccio of I.O. Inc. to thank for my conversion to being an AK fan. It all happened when I searched the NRA convention in Phoenix about a year and a half ago for women who admired pink guns. I noticed IO Inc.'s AK-47 with its pink furniture. I talked to Frank about the gun, and he told me that IO Inc. would be selling this pinkish version of the gun soon. Not long after that conversation, I received that pink AK, and I named her Little Pinky. Before I took her to the range, I field-stripped her, under the tutelage of my husband, former commander of an international military shooting team for the Royal Air Force. Some of her parts were stiff, and she was oily, but that's to be expected with a new gun. We went to the range, and as in most cases, we like to shoot the same discipline. So my husband brought along his FN-FAL to shoot. I shot her at a target about 10 yards away, and I liked the grouping. And she handled me easily. I could load and reload a magazine with one hand, while I held the gun up with my shooting hand. I shot her at 25 yards, and then... 100 yards. Of course, accuracy diminished with distance. Then I shot my husband's FNFAL and compared the two. I could not handle reloading a magazine into the FNFAL without putting the gun down because of its weight. The FNFAL has a nice sight, though, and really, it is a different animal than my rifle. Overall, I think women will appreciate being able to manage and deliver the firepower available in an AK-47 as opposed to the FNFAL. And as my husband said... Now you know why nine-year-old boys can pick up this gun and commit terrorist acts in the world. I like to think he didn't mean I have the arms comparable to a nine-year-old's arms. Here's where we go all technical for you urban shooter listeners. The AK-47 was developed in the Soviet Union by Mikhail Kalishnikov and accepted into use in 1949. The most widely used assault rifle in the world, it is a select-fire rifle the shooter is able to select full automatic fire or semi-automatic fire, so it is an assault rifle by definition. It is gas-operated, using a long-stroke piston to drive the bolt carrier and bolt out of battery. The gas piston operation isolates carbon-laden propellant gases and keeps them away from the bolt and bolt carrier. The AK fires a 762 by 39 M1943 caliber cartridge and its design used a combination of proven rifle technologies plus creative new concepts. Advantages of the AK design compared to the FAL are lighter weight, a shorter and lighter cartridge. The guns are simple to build, shoot, clean, and maintain, and they are inexpensive and rugged. Disadvantages of the AK design are its relative inaccuracy compared to Western assault rifle designs, because of the loose tolerances in gun design and the fact that the, the long-stroke piston operation has greater mass moving in the gun than a short-stroke piston gas or gas tube gun like the M16 or AR-15. A low-power cartridge effective only at battle, close battle ranges, and the safety fire selector lever wears loose and rattles. I took little Pinky home. Field stripper cleaned her. After having about 150 rounds, 30 per magazine, through her bore, she was a bit dirty. So thanks, Frank, for opening my eyes to the beauty of this little beast. She will no doubt travel with me sometimes when I'm out and about in rural areas. And you know, I'm thinking about using her as a backup for home defense. Now, a lot of my shooter girlfriends have shot Little Pinky. They like her a lot. But I think if they want to continue to shoot her, they're going to have to start buying their own ammo. Or buy me a very nice lunch afterwards. Maybe help me clean too, and drive. If you want to see more about AK-47s, check out www.ioinc.us, ioinc.us. And for news reviews and stories about women in the outdoors, see womensoutdoornews.com. This is Barbara Baird.
0: Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com.
2: Don't forget crossbreedholsters.com.
0: Hey, it's two o'clock in the morning, and you've just used your firearm to defend yourself. The police are on their way. What do you do now? I advise you to call your lawyer. And if you don't have one, I got a tip for you. Go to SlateAndJones.com right now. Join their membership site. At SlateAndJones.com, you'll have a lawyer in your state. Available to you 24-7, 365, whenever you need them. It's only $99 a year to join. A small price to pay for a licensed pro-firearms attorney who will immediately assist you in such an emergency. And like all infomercials, if you act now and use the coupon code on that site, Ken Blanchard, all in caps, K-E-N-N-B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D, you'll get a $20 discount. Don't wait. Get your Gold Shield membership number today slate and jones.com your eyes are priceless don't settle for less than ess i pro advanced eye protection systems for military law enforcement and fire rescue professionals protect your eyes and look good doing it Designed to take on the planet's most hostile and unforgiving environments. Featuring cutting-edge technologies, patented innovations for peak performance, and uncompromised eye safety. ESSIPro.com Tell them Ken Blanchard sent you. (laughs) ESSIPro.com There's a new pro-gun website up called GunUp. I want to introduce you to the CEO and let him tell you about it. Dan, welcome to the Urban Shooter podcast. Well, thanks, Ken.
2: It's nice to be here.
0: Dan, can you tell us about GunUp.com?
2: Absolutely. GunUp.com is designed to be the one-stop shop for gun enthusiasts, both new and experienced, to conduct product research, compare, share, discuss, and research guns.
0: Oh, okay. Brand new site. What's it about?
2: Well, GunUp is a work in progress. We just launched last Friday, but I am excited to announce that we have the most complete gun library and data for guns anywhere you can find on the Internet currently. We are adding a couple manufacturers. We are adding six here this week, But for the most part, any gun that's currently in production by a major manufacturer, you can find in our gun library using our gun finder, which is a great tool. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to check that out, but if you haven't, I'd encourage you to check out the gun finder. All right. And one other thing that we're doing, which is really exciting, is we are pulling in real-time pricing for guns. One of the things that we found just absolutely necessary in this space and we've heard it from a lot of gun enthusiasts and gun users as well online is the ability to conduct pricing research whether they're looking to buy or sell a gun. So what we've done, it's in its infancy right now. It'll be something that grows and grows. But we have a guesstimate and that's basically our take on real-time pricing data for guns. So you can go to Gun Finder, click on your favorite gun, go into the product page, and actually see, for the most part, and a lot of the guns that we have in the library right now, what that gun is currently
0: Ah, nice, man, nice. Nice touch. All in all, what do you hope to accomplish?
2: Well, basically, we want to alleviate some of the pain that gun enthusiasts find online. I am a gun enthusiast. I basically came up with this idea when, I was researching a firearm purchase and went through dozens of sites, scores of clicks, and spent countless hours just going from site to site to site. There's a lot of great information out there, but there's just no one single place where all that information is consolidated, and that's what we're trying to do at GunUp. So that's our goal, is to make the online gun experience a lot less painful and bring the gun experience into the 21st century.
0: All right, man. That's that's good stuff. Man, what can you share about you? Who Who is Dan Hall?
2: Well, sure. I am the CEO and founder of GunUp.com. It's what I do full-time right now. All right. We are in its infancy, so it's been quite the journey. I spent five years on active duty in the infantry at Fort Lewis. Did a tour in Iraq, came back, and I'm still a member of the National Guard and enjoy that very much. And basically, I've worked in the government for the military and the civilian sector in various technological startups okay. and decided to make the plunge and do this full-time.
0: Ah, most cool. So what do you shoot?
2: Well, I basically do sports shooting. Um, haven't spent a lot of time at the range. I've been busy with gun-up.
0: Right, right. I
2: shoot semi-automatic pistols in 9mm. I like the HK USP very much but I'm a fan of all types of guns. I haven't met a gun that I haven't liked to shoot so far.
0: I heard that. So how do we find GunUp and how do we sign up?
2: Well, we try to keep it simple. So the URL is www.gunup.com, and the registration link will be in the upper right-hand portion of the site. We take the approach that everything is basically opt-in. So to register, all we really need is a username and password and an email for verification. All the other information is completely voluntary if you want to connect with other users with location, what your favorite gun is, and anything about you, your Twitter account, your Facebook. But that's all optionary. You know, it's it's all something that you get to choose. It's all opt-in. Okay. And... We value privacy very much, and you can basically search through the whole website without being a member. The only features that we have right now, just as a little incentive to get people to sign up so we can build a robust community, is to use the gun finder or the guesstimate, we do ask you to be logged in, but you can do all the product research and look at uh, the MSRP for guns without being logged in.
0: Oh, that, That sounds fair enough. I'm going to make sure I put a big old honking button on episode 188 for the Urban Shooter podcast. So everybody can see it. I'm going to make sure I put a link to it on the iPhone app and on the uh, the show notes RSS feed as well. So everybody's going to get a chance to get to Gun Up if you don't remember that. But um, thanks, Dan, man. This helps out a lot.
2: Well, it's great talking to you, Ken, and I look forward to chatting again soon.
0: Yeah, man. Anything you need, just give me a shout. I'm sure... Um, between coast to coast, we'll fix it.
2: That sounds great. And one last thing is we are working with bloggers like yourself to create a robust community. So one of the goals that we have is to utilize the lifeblood of the community, which really is the bloggers, bring in their feeds and their content, highlight a couple posts of the day, and also make it easier for users to read their favorite bloggers in one place. And we have a nice blog network going. I know you and I have talked about that. And we do have about a dozen pretty influential bloggers right now, and we're hoping to keep adding more and more bloggers to the blog roll. So that's an additional feature that we have at GunUp is a place to go and read all your favorite bloggers in one place.
0: All right. Good deal, man. Appreciate that.
2: All right, Ken. That's good talking. Thanks.
0: All right, man. Take care, and I wish you the best on GunUp.
2: Thank you.
0: You too. All right. Bye-bye. Last week on Chapter 46 of Zombie Strike, we started off on Skull Island where the bad guys cranked it up a notch and went on a full court press everywhere at the same time. Now they attacked Skull Island and the fellas went proactive and left the safety of the base and went deep into the jungle to take out the minions leading the attack inside the horde of zombies. And you know what's a wonder? How these guys can walk around with cojones as big as they have. Anyway, Slim, Sport, and Quentin did the deed. Sport got temporarily taken out by energy pulse that blinded him and knocked him out. But I think he needed to rest anyway. Quentin and Slim diddied back and got lost, but found an old maze from the old zombie strike reality game to hold up in like 300 Spartans did against the Persians. Now that was all cool in the gang until they ran into another minion that was waiting on them. Man, them dudes are like roaches. Zombies were closing in. A minion was behind them. They were caught in a crossfire of hell. And, well, things were looking pretty bad until their world was rocked with unbelievable thunder. Then, back in D.C., Mateo was prepping to open a whole can of whoop-ass on his former teammate, Colin, that had done the Judas deal and sold him out for silver and the life of his family member. After he shared the news with Jess, Agent Tredegar shows he had a pair and helped Mateo get the flock out of there and take Mateo where he thinks Colin is. I think James Brown said it best. It's the big payback. And that brings us to Chapter 47. Of Zombie Strike. This is Zombie Strike. Part 47. Skull Island, South Pacific. 25 July 2010. 0700 hours local. Countdown. One year, three months, six days. Slim Thomas felt his body shaking apart. Waves of thunder reverberated through him. He barely remembered to clap his hands over his ears and open his mouth. The pulsing force continued to hammer his body for what seemed like an hour. Then it stopped, and Slim felt his hands grab him. Slim lashed out with kicks and punches as he searched frantically for his weapons. His eyes couldn't focus on the dark blob standing over him. Slim aimed a snap kick at one of the blobs and realized... He was on the ground. When did that happen? Then he started hearing voices. Tinny, echoing voices. Human voices. Stop fighting, said so a voice Slim could finally make out. The voice sounded gruff but compassionate. To be honest, Slim could have been imagining it. His hearing was coming back slowly. Hands helped him to his feet. His vision focused on the unmistakable sight of American troops surrounding him. Sudden panic hit Slim as he remembered the wall of armored zombies. Then he looked into the maze. Pieces of zombies were scattered around in a blanket of of gray flesh and bone. Slim couldn't even distinguish the zombies that had been wearing the bomb suits. Yeah, the captain says sorry about that, said the soldier holding him up. The strikers cut it bit close with the Bushmasters. More soldiers were busily mopping up the few zombies that survived the onslaught of heavy chain gunfire. The high-pitched pop of an M4 signaled another crawler put down. Distant thunder rumbled across the horizon. It was only until the heavy clattering of an autocannon that Slim realized the thunder was artillery. Slim knew he was still reeling, but the minion was still out there. As much as he hated the pendulum drugs built into his med system, he knew he didn't have much choice at this point. Slim opened his PDA and triggered a battle mix. Slim felt as the painkillers and stimulants hit his system. His hearing was still tinny, but the vertigo and weaknesses were gone. Slim gave the soldier a quick once-over. Slim couldn't decipher the chevrons, but from the number of them, Slim figured the soldier was a senior sergeant. The familiar horn-skull patch of the U.S. Army Anti-Zombie Task Force 11 almost seemed to grin at Slim. He looked past the sergeant to look at his two teammates. Sport was already strapped to a stretcher. Quentin had the same disoriented but ready-to-fight look that Slim suspected was on his own face. "'Sergeant?' Slim ventured, guessing at the man's rank. Daniel, sir, the soldier supplied, nodding his head. Alpha Company, Striker Battalion. Okay, Slim said, not sure what a striker battalion was. Where's the minion? Do your men have him acquired yet? Sergeant Daniel's face went pale. That wasn't a good sign. We were told, sir, that your team dealt with the minion in charge of this outbreak, Daniel said, clearly terrified with the prospect of dealing with a minion. Slim couldn't blame him. He didn't want to go another round with that one either. We handled the junior one, but the senior minion was responsible for the ambush here in the maze, Slim answered. Slim caught Quinton's eye and motioned the other zombie hunter over. He needed the big man's expertise. What's up? Quentin asked. He took one look at the soldier's fearful expression and guessed. Other minions still out there, sir? Too right, Slim answered. I don't fancy leaving him about to wreck mischief. Yeah, you must be feeling better, Quentin commented. You're talking Brit again. Sergeant Daniels, my compliments to your officers, but I will need you and your men to accompany us as we endeavor to ferret out the Minion. Daniel cocked his head, clearly not understanding the order. Bloody Colonials. He means you need to call your boss and let him know that Slim and I are barring you to hunt down the Minion, explained Quentin. Daniels nodded slowly with dawning understanding. Not necessary, Mr. McClintock, said another voice. The three men turned to see another group of soldiers hop the entrance to the maze. The leader returned Daniel's sudden salute. Must be an officer. But Slim couldn't decipher the four squares on the rank insignia. He made a mental note to study American ranks. The leader continued to speak. Sergeant, continue mopping up here and then report back to your company, the man ordered. He turned to Quentin and Slim. Gentlemen, I'm Chief Warrant Officer Stahl. You may call me Chief Stahl or just Chief. My team and I have been assigned to help you. Green Berets? Quentin asked as he surveyed Stahl's team. The eight soldiers just looked lethal. It wasn't just their weapons or gear, which seemed much better than those carried by Sergeant Daniels and his soldiers. It was the way Stahl's soldiers stood, relaxed, yet ready to do immediate and brutal violence. They reminded Slim of the Steve during an operation and of Colin. Slim buried the pang of betrayal. The Steve was right. Vengeance could wait until after they survived. We're Lerps, not special forces, Chief Stahl answered. All of us have our Ranger tabs, if that makes you feel any better. Well, everyone except for Smith He's only forced recon. From the grins on the men's faces showed a strong camaraderie. It reminded the two zombie hunters of their own field team. Be nice, Chief Stahl, Quentin warned. The head zombie hunter used to be a leatherneck. So did our head of security. Stahl didn't rise to the bait. He just gave a knowing smile. Very good, Chief, Slim said. He didn't know what a lerp was, but he had already wasted enough time. The minion we're hunting was last seen going deeper into the maze. He can raise a bulletproof shield, so don't waste your ammo. The soldiers nodded at the comments. You sure he's in there? One of the soldiers asked. As if on cue, a beam of brilliant purple energy laced into the sky from deep within the maze. Slim's eyes tracked the beam into the sky. A burning fireball plummeted to the ground. Dear God, I hope that was one of the predators, murmured another of the soldiers. Chief, if you and yours want to wait here until Quentin and I settle things with the minion, I would understand. Slim said quietly when he saw the look of shock on Stahl's face. All of those things they said about the minions are true, Stahl said. It wasn't a question. Mostly, Slim confirmed. Well, if I wanted safe, I'd have done as my mom wanted and become an accountant, Stahl answered. No sense in stopping now. Besides, the Colonel will skin my hide if I let you take that on your own. Slim nodded. He braced his MP510 in a low ready and led the group into the maze. As his hearing returned, Slim could hear the minion's smug laughter. Washington, D.C., 26 July 2010. 2315 hours local, countdown, one year, three months, five days. Mateo Cortez looked at the screen. He was crouched in one of the FBI's covert observation vans. In the odd green hues of night vision, Mateo watched as the entrance team stacked up At the front of the house, spotters had confirmed that Ted had entered the house some 20 minutes earlier. Mateo felt the rage roar inside of him as one of the monitors watched the average-looking man in slacks and a polo shirt walk into the house. One of the techs kept running the footage. Something about getting a clear ID. Mateo recognized the face, and that was enough for the agents. This man was responsible for the kidnappings of Mateo's ex-wife, and assisting in the killing of Mateo's friend, Nigel Brown, and the near killings of Ken Blanchard, Zombie Strike's leader, and Mercedes, Mateo's five-year-old daughter. Team ready. SWAT's leaders announced. No movement in the house. The agent in charge of the operation looked at Special Agent Tredegar for any last-minute information. Tredegar nodded. The AIC didn't even look at Mateo. He'd made his opinion on an armed amateur in his command post known quite explicitly. Mateo was surprised there hadn't been a PowerPoint with all the buzzwords the AIC threw around during his little speech. A chill ran down Mateo's spine. Certain it was nerves, Mateo ignored it and focused on the monitor. His entire body was tense and he waited to hear the command to enter. A stronger chill flashed through him. That wasn't nerves. Something was wrong. He could feel it. Mateo turned to tell SWAT to abort. The explosion picked up the van and slammed it on its side some 15 feet from where it had parked. Mateo heard the moans of the injured techs. He ignored them as he leaped out of the van. The front of the house was gone. It kind of reminded Mateo of the dollhouse he'd bought Mercedes for Christmas. Open it up and see all the rooms. Debris and FBI agents littered the lawn and street. Mateo focused on the movement in the house. His weapon was up as his mind immediately recognized the familiar walk of zombies. The first two zombies were brought down by instinct. Mateo's eyes scanned the house, maybe 20 or so. Less now as he pivoted and took down two more. Screams of panic filled the streets as the wounded agent saw the first walking corpse emerge out of the shadows. Some of the wounded tried to crawl away from the house, while others could only lie and scream. The noise just drew the zombies in, right into Mateo's sights. Undead after undead fell as Mateo placed hammered pears into their skulls. Mateo could feel as he was swept up in the simple action, spot-zombie, Shoot, zombie. Find next target. Reload. Continue process. Mateo's mind registered the last zombie at the back of the house. Just as he had practiced many times, Mateo advanced into the house. Something had trapped the zombie. From the shadows, it looked like the explosion overturned the table. The zombie was just stuck there, unable to pass the waist-high barrier. Mateo flipped on his flashlight. He wanted to make sure he finished this one properly. Mateo froze as the light hit the zombie. He couldn't move. He could only stare at the snarling face of Maria. Maria, the zombie. The weapon came down as Mateo stared at Maria. She uselessly lunged at him. Mateo tried to bring his carbine up. The weapon was painfully heavy. How could he do this? Maria was the mother of his child. And if he was being honest the one true love of his life. Each time Mateo tried to bring the carbine up, his mind was flooded with memories. Maria, when he first saw her, on her wedding day, just after giving birth. The two shots shook Mateo out of his reverie. He watched in horror and relief as the two red holes blossomed on Maria's head. Mateo stood immobile as his wife's corpse collapsed to the ground. As soon as Maria was on the floor, Mateo whirled and brought up his carbine. A sad-faced Colin stood maybe 15 feet away with a smoking glock in his hands. I'm so sorry, Matty, Colin said. This concludes another installment of the narrated story Zombie Strike by Derek Ward. Join us next time for another exciting edition of The Ongoing Saga. This product is protected by copyright owned by Blanchard Studios, Kenneth Blanchard, and other individuals or entities. Any production, retransmission, republication, or any other use of part or audio file on this site is expressly prohibited unless prior written permission has been granted by Kenneth Blanchard or the appropriate copyright owner. All other rights reserved. Hey. Have you ordered your zombie targets yet? They're exclusively on the Urban Shooter Podcast, and the proceeds, all 40 cents of it, goes to support In The Wilderness Ministries at itwm.org, or yours today at urbanshooterpodcast.com or blackmanwithagun.com. And remember, rule number one, cardio is very important. You can outrun a zombie if you're fit. Rule number two, don't be cheap on ammo. Double tap the head. Rule number three, always check the backseat of your vehicle before driving off. Tis the season for zombies on the Urban Shooter Podcast. Well, that's all for this week. I know you'll be glad when election season is over with all the crap on television and radio, but don't forget to vote yourself. Hold your nose if you have to, but do it. Your vote matters. A Facebook friend sent an article about pastors and politics and it's still kind of resonating in my mind. You know, I think I would be a good politician if I made it past the gauntlet of election mudslinging and credibility killing, but I won't ever try. I care too much about my family for that. I don't want all my skeletons to be resurrected at the expense of my family for a job. I am a rogue, a warrior, and I've been down some dark streets and alleyways in my lifetime. I am only proud that I live long enough to tell the tale, but I don't want somebody else grave robbing stuff that is dead and buried. My job as pastor could be used as a platform, I guess. It could be used to my advantage, but that was not why I was called I was called to help the folks that were sent to me. I am a shepherd. I can't visit you in the hospital, celebrate your baby's birth, cry with you at your place, laugh with you on a Friday night, share information from Bible study, and encourage you in a sermon. It's all right for some people, but not for me. And this week, I've stuck my neck out for a live show at the Northern Virginia Community College in Annandale, Virginia. We're going to get started about 11 a.m. and finish about 1. And I hope to get a really good showing for all the pictures and the audio that I want to take. It's going to mean something for me, even if only you, me, Chad, and Layla are there. I'm about two months early, actually, for my 200th episode. But I wanted to make this special and do it ahead of time. But I might be T-O-O early, thinking I could get folks out of their routines to come out and pay for this event. It's costing me 600 bones to uh, book the space. Not sure what my comedian buddy is going to hit me with, travel and etc. but I had to give it a shot. It's what I do. It's what I do. I'm a risk taker, a heartbreaker, and a soul shaker. And I hope you can make it on September. And I hope you can make it on Saturday, October 30th at the Northern Virginia Community College Forum Building for the live taping of the Urban Shooter celebrating his 200th show, offering a prayer for the nation, audience interviews, live comedy, and a roast of yours truly. I think friends from the Law Enforcement Alliance of America will be there, the Virginia Defense League, the Gun Owners of America, Dick Heller, the Open Carry Crew, the 10th Carry Gun Club of Maryland, humanevents.com, and I hope you'll be there Tickets will be on sale at the door for $40 online right now or a few more hours from my website for $30. Well, until next week, if I make it, this is your friend and your brother from a different mother, Ken Blanchard, wishing you peace. Don't be scared. Shalom, baby.